Why this reading this Sunday? Why this gospel story? Last Sunday, in the Gospel of Mark, we heard the story about the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And the young man said, I've done, followed all the rules and regulations my whole life. And then Jesus said, well, come follow me. And at that, the young man dropped his eyes, looked at the ground, and left. This Sunday, this Sunday, in this gospel story, we hear and learn what it means to follow Jesus. And put very simply, Jesus tells us that if you want to be one of his followers, you need to serve and not be served. Michael Donders, in his book, Beyond Jesus, 1984 copyright, has a wonderful commentary and reflection on this gospel. That morning, James and John went to him. They went when they thought they would be alone. They went while the others did not see them, while the others did not hear them. They asked him a very simple question. They asked him whether they would be allowed to rule with him. They asked him to be allowed to sit at his right and at his left side. Now, when the others heard what had happened, they were very upset and very angry. They were indignant, the reason being, of course, that all would have liked to ask him the very same question, but they had not dared to do so. So when we hear this story, we might be surprised and indignant. How could people who were so close to him ask a question like that? How could they be so egotistic, so full of self, so out for power and glory, so pushy in his company. Also, to add context, just before this happened, Jesus had explained and told his disciples three times, three times, that he was going to Jerusalem to die for his kingdom. And these guys didn't get it yet because they were asking they thought that Jesus' kingdom was going to be an earthly kingdom, and they were asking to be the vice president or, this, this, or the chief financial officer or some very important position at his right side or at his left side. They still didn't get it. And we would think that if we were in Jesus' position that we would be very indignant and that we'd be very angry and upset and that Jesus would kind of chew them out for being so, so ignorant, not understanding. But Donders goes on to say, this is not correct, it is wrong, because Jesus does not seem to be surprised at all, and he is definitely not indignant. He does not blame them for asking that question. Of course there should be leaders, of course there should be guides, and of course there should be persons who will, are willing to lead. How would we be able to survive without them? Isn't one of the difficulties these days that there is a lack of good leadership today? Jesus does not blame them for their request. 
but he blames them for their reason for asking for an important function. They wanted to be in that high position in order to rule. They wanted to be the boss so that the others would serve them. And Jesus said, that is wrong. I call it stinking thinking. It's a way of thinking. It's an attitude. It's a reason for, for our behavior. And the way we think is the way we act. Negative behavior. Now we learn from childhood how to love. And it's a lifelong project, a challenge, a job. And the more we learn to serve, the more we learn to love, the easier it is. Sometimes I see the world or a parish in my life in two circles. The first circle is the parish life. And people who serve in the parish life, whether you're in the KSE, you're a funeral luncheon group, parish festival, parish council, PTO, scouts, whether you decorate for liturgy or whether you're a greeter, people come to serve. Now, we may be motivated by our kids. However, our motivation and our reason is to serve, is to help others. In the other circle, I call the public circle outside the parish. And whether it's voting rights, immigration, abortion, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, to mandate masks or not to mandate masks, or climate change, it's certainly contentious and much more difficult to serve in the public sector, in the public place. It is contentious, and it's much more challenging, again, to serve. But how do we engage? How do we deal with the public sector, that contentious area, to serve? First, don't ever think that they don't need me or that my part is not important. I'm going to do a pretend situation. Take a popsicle stick, put it under one of your fingers this week, and wrap it up with tape. At the end of the week, ask yourself, how well did I function without that finger? Probably not very well. We had to adapt a lot. But the point is that we need five fingers for the hand to function properly. And we are the hands. We are the fingers for Jesus. And so we all have a part to play. And so what can we do? How do we deal with the public sector in our life, with that contentiousness? How can we serve? First and foremost, of course, is to pray. Pray for the courage and the strength, the guidance and the understanding. And secondly, as we in our prayers of the faithful, we will have two prayers specifically to identify our national leaders that they may do the right thing. And so we continue to pray for our national leaders. And in our prayer, why don't we just ask God, dear God, with my status, my position, the resources I have in life right now, at this point in my life, what is it you want me to do? How can I serve you? 
How can I serve you better? And then maybe the hardest part is to listen, to listen to what God has to say. How does God prompt us through the Holy Spirit and our thoughts and our feelings and in those around us? What else can we do? Talk to someone. We have two great resource persons in our parish, Laura Kastner and Kelly Birchmeyer. And they are aware of tremendous opportunities and all the opportunities that are available to us in our parish to be involved, some in the parish itself and some beginning to deal with the outside public sector to serve better. Also in saying prayer, last night for the first time, Father led us in a prayer for the Synod being called by Pope Francis. And I was really struck by that prayer. It's a beautiful, wonderful prayer, and it so complements today's gospel. It's one that we might want to keep and put up on our, our mirror to pray every morning or every day. And last, we continue the Eucharist. We unite ourselves with Christ. What better example? And as we prayed, and as Rosie led us in prayer, have mercy on us, O oh God, for we place our trust in you so we can better serve you.